is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, 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 the Haystack Show with Mike Guido. And it is a Thursday. It's the Haystack on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Worldwide SportsRadio.com. Mike Guido, Evan Mazza, my producer, Monica Ray, our Big J journalist. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, it is good to have you in here on a Thursday. Plenty of stuff to go over today. Uh, top of hour number two at about noon. I'm going to give you my early NBA power rankings. Uh, right, I'm seeing a lot of different things. So, And I do think that it's different than what we thought uh, at the beginning of the year. So that's coming up. Uh, later, Thursday night football is tonight. Colts and Texans, that's a massive game. Uh, we play buy or sell at the end of the show. Uh, but I do want to begin with this. There's an epidemic in America today. It's called divorce. More than 50% of marriages end up failing, and for a variety of reasons. M- money, someone gets abusive, family disputes, whatever it is. But one reason why some couples and marriages split is because of time spent apart. The husband travels a lot for work. Mom is stuck at home with the kids. Dad always works late. Lack of intimacy starts to set in. It's Time apart is cancer to a lot of marriages. We saw two stup- uh, superstar players get married this offseason, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And we all expected them to absolutely take over the league. Oh, these guys are just unbelievable. Two best two-way players in basketball, multiple championships. We got our first taste of it last night in Los Angeles against the Eastern Conference best team, the Boston Celtics. Game went to overtime, and the Clippers snuck out a win, 107-104. Let me just say this. The Clippers are very fortunate this morning. The story for most people is very different than mine. Most people are saying, uh, came back and won the game. Paul George was excellent. Late game heroics by Kawhi. Resilient in the first game with Kawhi and Paul together. Clippers beat the Celtics. All is good in the world. Los Angeles, the Clippers are real. I look at this very differently. The chemistry is not there. We are almost a quarter of the way through the year, and the chemistry with the Clippers isn't there. And I'm scared that it won't be. Here's the way I viewed last night. Kawhi struggled, only shot 7 of 20. A lot of awkward ball movement, a horrendous shooting night from Boston, right? Kemba Walker, 4 of 17. Jalen Brown, 3 of 14. Marcus Smart, 7 of 20. Also, the Celtics with no uh, with no Gordon Hayward. The Clippers got lucky from horrendous shooting from the Celtics last night. I'm under the impression that the Clippers were very fortunate yesterday. This is one of the problems that the Clippers will run into later in the year. They've already missed Paul George for a month. Now they have Kawhi Leonard taking games off and not playing back-to-backs. Don't you think that the Clippers are really behind schedule? 
they're looking across town at the Lakers, and LeBron and Anthony Davis are rolling right now. The best team in the NBA, and the fit is it's, it's seamless between them. It looks like they've been playing together forever. But Paul George and Kawhi look very new. Why? Because they are new. I get that load management is something that worked for Kawhi last year. But take advantage of the beginning of the year, the beginning of the season, to work out all the kinks. Okay, Kawhi by himself is excellent. Paul George by himself is excellent. Them together isn't excellent yet. Them together, it's just they're trying to figure it out. You saw it yesterday. The, who gets the ball? The, how do we move the ball around here? What position is everybody playing? It's, it was a lot of awkwardness, a lot of confusion last night. And we're a quarter of the way through the year. That doesn't scare you? You don't want to have these struggles late in the year. What happens if Kawhi is missing shots late in the year or Paul can't get on the same page with him? You don't think that's going to come up in a heated moment? Well, maybe if he didn't sit out, maybe we'd be playing a little bit better. If you don't think that that's going to come up, you're crazy. Heat of the heat of the competitive moment, of course that is. Clippers struggling late in the year. Well, listen, maybe we wouldn't be in this position. You're down 3-1 in a road series. You're sixth in the Western Conference. Maybe if Kawhi didn't sit out the whole year, maybe we'd be able to, you know, play game seven at home maybe we wouldn't be down in this series you don't think people are gonna get sour on Kawhi even a little bit the Clippers were viewed as the more stable organization in Los Angeles don't create unnecessary dysfunction Kawhi Leonard has to play right now get the chemistry right Get the chemistry right with Paul George. They're losing games without Kawhi. They've only won one game without him. Have we realized that? The Clippers have won one game without Kawhi Leonard. That's it. And in that one game, Paul George had to drop more than 35 points. So if I'm the Clippers, I do whatever I can to make the marriage work. Don't make Paul George and Kawhi Leonard spend too much time apart. It'll kill the marriage and the organization will suffer down the road if they don't get on the same page. You brought in, you spent, the Clippers spent a ton of money. Steve Ballmer spent a ton of money on trying to get Kawhi here, Paul George here. They've been wanting to team up for a long time. They finally got it. They finally got their wish. It would be a real shame if Kawhi Leonard's only playing 57 games. You got you missed Paul George for a month. You end up sixth in the Western Conference because the chemistry isn't there. Because these guys don't know how to play together yet. It'd be a real shame to see that. I'm waiting for entertaining basketball with them. I want to see it. But they're not always going to get as fortunate as they did last night. Boston isn't going to shoot the ball like that often. Okay, neither will the Lakers or Denver or Philadelphia or any of those teams they'll be competing with late. They got to get this right. Uh, I get the Clippers won yesterday. Kawhi Leonard with the block on Kemba late in the game. Yeah, the entire game, the Clippers were trailing at home. I mean, they were really struggling offensively. I'm concerned about that. I am legitimately concerned that this is going to be a problem. So, again, we can 
say all we want. Kawhi, Paul George, they're great. I saw Tim Legler on ESPN yesterday saying that they were the best team in the NBA. Where? Where? We haven't seen them with Paul George and Kawhi yet, and what I saw yesterday was not really that impressive. If you don't think the Lakers are the best team in the NBA right now, you're crazy. They are blowing people away. And you look across town, the dysfunctional organization in Los Angeles was supposed to be the Lakers. They're killing it. The stable organization, Michael Winger, Doc Rivers, Steve Ballmer, Kawhi, and Paul George. Yeah, they're winning games. Not as high of a rate. And I think the chemistry that we saw yesterday was not necessarily on par. And that doesn't mean that I don't think it'll get better. It will get better. But right now, I can't be concerned. Of course I can be concerned. I am a little bit in worry about the L.A. Clippers right now. And from what I see, like I said, I think the Lakers are in a better position. Okay, I want to shift to this. Coaching matters in the NFL. You have to be good situationally. Your play calling has to be deceptive. Your guys have to play for you. You got to be able to make adjustments. Coaches also need to have gears. They need to have gears. Okay, in the fourth quarter, down by four, you have to kick into another gear. All great coaches do. Okay, all late game drives by Belichick feel like Belichick. Late game drives by Andy Reid feel like Andy Reid. Sean Payton, John Harbaugh, same deal. The Cowboys go into Foxborough this weekend to play New England. And I've had my questions about the Patriots all year. They feast on bad teams. Tom Brady is digressing. They don't score a ton of points. I think it's possible that the Cowboys win this weekend. I do. This is the most talented roster New England has faced all year. There's a lot of stars that need to be accounted for with Dallas. Dak, Zeke, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Demarcus Lawrence, Jalen Smith, Leighton Vanderish, Byron Jones. That's just scratching the surface. But here's where this gets funky. I think the Cowboys, as an organization, have the opportunity to come to a realization this weekend. There's no question that Bill Belichick is a better coach than Jason Garrett. They shouldn't be mentioned in the same breath. But Jerry Jones has a chance to watch firsthand how lopsided of a coaching matchup this is. Dallas with a far superior roster, a better offensive line, a better quarterback this year. Say say what you want about me. You can say, oh, come on, Dak and Brady. Dak's been better this year. So a better quarterback this year, better weapons, better running back, better front seven, have no excuse to lose to the Patriots this weekend except for Jason Garrett. The only way the Cowboys lose on Sunday is if they get out coached. That won't sit well with Jerry Jones. Bill Belichick is an all-time coach. My, my opinion, the best coach of all time. But the Cowboys have had Hall of Fame coaches in the past, and a lot of them. Tom Landry, Jimmy Johnson, Barry Switzer, Bill Parcells. Now they have Jason Garrett. If the Cowboys lose, it's going to make Jerry miss the times when he had a Hall of Fame coach. You don't think that? 
the Cowboys losing the game, they losing this game, exposes Jason Garrett as the problem. It does. New England is not impressing anybody this year. Blown out by Baltimore. Ugly win against Buffalo. Barely squeaking by Philadelphia, who the Cowboys blew out. The Cowboys blew out Philadelphia earlier this year. And then beating all of the worst teams in the NFL. The Jets twice, Miami, Cleveland, the Giants, Washington, etc. Those teams. The, The Patriots have been very fortunate with their schedule. Imagine being Jerry Jones. Just put this into your head for a second. Imagine being Jerry Jones. You own the Cowboys, and they're 6-4 and four heading, into, heading into New England. You have a losing record against teams over 500. You discovered Dak isn't your problem. He's having an MVP, analytically historical season. You have one of the most talented rosters in the NFL. You keep hearing from sports media and executives around the league that Jason Garrett is your problem and coaching is holding you back. You've had Hall of Fame coach after Hall of Fame coach in your tenure. Guys like Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, who's young and smart and touted as the next great coach, has been tied to your head coaching job for years. What are you thinking if the Cowboys lose this weekend, if you're Jerry Jones? You're thinking Jason Garrett has to go. You're getting the idea. Okay? Jason Garrett ain't getting no pie. <laughs> That's what you're thinking about Jerry. And Jerry is not wrong. And here's, here's the point here. Jerry's not wrong when he says that Jason Garrett would be highly sought after in the coaching market if he was fired. He absolutely would be. He's got a good record. Cowboys hung on to him for a while. He's won playoff games. But the fact is that he isn't the fit for the Cowboys right now. He's the common denominator. I keep telling you, I keep telling you that. You've experimented with everything else. The Cowboys are great on draft day. They've hit on coordinators. They signed good free agents to fill holes. Jason Garrett is the only weak link. And that could be exposed this weekend if the Cowboys lose. If they lose, all bets are off for Garrett. All bets are off. You're going to see just how bad this coaching matchup is going to be. There's an opportunity for everybody to see just how much of a coaching discrepancy this is. Belichick versus Garrett. It isn't even close. And that's the only viable reason the Cowboys should lose this weekend. You look at the rosters back-to-back. Front seven, Dallas. Quarterback, Dallas. Wide receivers, Dallas. Running back, Dallas. Offensive line, Dallas. Secondary, I'll give that to New England. But the big one is coach, overwhelmingly... New England, that is going to be the reason the Cowboys lose this weekend if they do. There is, do. there is no other excuse. Okay, everything else is on your favor. You've drafted and signed a better roster than New England. 
no reason you should lose this game unless you get outcoached. And that won't sit well with Jerry. Uh, okay, coming up next, we have some information now on the two attack of Iloa injury. I'm going to tell you what his chances are of remaining in the first round of the draft. That's coming up next. It's the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Good to have you back. Haystack Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Mike, Evan, Monica here on a Thursday. Monica hasn't called it Friday Junior once yet. I know. I haven't gotten a chance. Well, now's your chance. Go ahead. Happy Friday, Junior. There you go. Um, all right. And happy but, Thursday before Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Uh, yeah, that's right. Ready for pumpkin Thanksgiving. pie. Yeah, wow. Thursday Holy before girl. Thanksgiving. So I did that food drive yesterday, and we had, uh, I think we ended up with 54 turkeys and, I don't know, over 4,000 pounds of food. Wow. Yeah, so that was great. He didn't get to 10,000, though. So We didn't get to 10,000 pounds of food but there was a horrible accident on uh nickels and 347 there was yeah and it closed down the road because unfortunately i don't know that the person made it that was in the accident so now Mm -hmm. it's a crime scene so that was kind of rough so people that wanted to come couldn't make it there but but you could still donate if you go to islandharvest.com there you go send money perfect all right um so the the tua injury i i know that this is really the story with him. Uh, we have no idea where he's going to go. We have no idea you know, wh- exactly what he's going to be able to do when he comes back. We don't know how he's going to recover. We don't know how he's going to play when he comes back. But here's the thing about this. You know, teams always need quarterbacks. And like I said, there's going to be more and more and more good young quarterbacks. And these quarterbacks are getting so much better at such a younger age uh, it, it's interesting to watch how they develop. The, Tua Tagovailoa, a very advanced prospect. Uh, you know, he's not overly raw. He'd probably be able to step into the NFL from day one uh, and contribute at some level. So I, I do think that there's going to be a team that takes a chance on him. Now, listen, if this was a more serious injury, if this was a year long or a year and a half long, then we're talking about second, third round. Somebody's going to have to take a chance on that. But now that we're thinking, okay, he might actually be back to do some workouts. Maybe he's back for the combine. You know, it, maybe he's back a little bit sooner. Now you might be thinking, okay, uh, th- he's still a first-round guy. I actually still believe, and again, my opinion has really shifted on this because originally when I first thought of the injury, I was thinking, this guy's going to fall out of the first round. Uh, there are too many quarterbacks in this draft that are good. To, for anybody to take a chance on a guy that's hurt. But now that I really do see it, I don't think the injury is all that groundbreaking. I think more teams are going to be concerned about the history rather than just the single injury. But if that really is the case, I, he could still be a top 10 pick. He could still be a top 5 pick. So, again, this is kind of what I'm thinking here. I think the I think Miami is his destination. I think it's his destiny right now because you're going to see Burrow go to Cincinnati you're going to have two picks or, uh, ahead of Miami. Right now, Miami's got the fourth pick or whatever it is uh, if the season ended today. But again, even if it's not that, Miami's got two more first-round picks after their first one. So if they wanted to salvage one of those picks, 
to use to uh, to pick two attack of Iloa, then I don't think that that's the end of the world. Again, and we're going to see this, but the way that I see Tua is he's a guy that can, is going to be a franchise quarterback if he stays healthy. So what team is going to be able to take that risk? You know, maybe it's a team that's going to wait longer down the road. Maybe New Orleans takes him. Maybe, honestly, maybe New England takes him. Somebody with a veteran quarterback that they have to replace soon. Pittsburgh. You know, it, they don't have a first-round pick, but some, at some point later in the draft, if he falls, th- somebody is going to take him relatively early. So uh, whether it's rebuilding or non-rebuilding, just kind of a sit him behind the veteran, get him used to the NFL, we're going to see this. But I, I, I don't think he falls out of the first. I think he's gotten to the point now where he's pretty safe. He's going to get into uh, he's going to get into the first round, possibly top ten. Uh, that would be my feeling on Tua. Uh, all right, let's go to the news. Big J journalist Monica Ray here on a Thursday. All right, so I'm Friday Junior. Friday Junior. Look now, you're saying it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so the Redskins. Uh, Montage, did I say that right? Monte. Monte. Uh, Nicholson. He's going to play Sunday despite being involved in a death probe. So he is actually a suspect in a death of a 20-year-old, 21-year-old woman who was dropped off at a hospital with another man in the car, and she was DOA, and he took off. He's, they say he didn't stay around, so she apparently died of a drug overdose. Right now, he has not been formally charged, but something could happen. We never know. I don't know. I'm not, huh. more, more, a lot of bad boys in the NFL, right? I need my bad boys. I don't really pick. know what to make of any of this. I mean, they... I, I, like, I, I just... It's like a Pulp Fiction thing. I guess they were out partying. She OD'd. They didn't have the... Uh, what is that? The... What are those pens? The, the Epi... The Adrenaline? Epi pens? Yeah. They yeah. didn't have that, and... I guess they didn't want to have her body in the home, and they dropped her off thinking, I mean, how do you just drop somebody off that's a lifeless well, body? They dropped her off where? At a hospital and left. So they did like a, a drop and go at a hospital. So but she was dead already. That's what, they, that's what the hospital said. She was dead on arrival. So they kind of dropped her off and took off. So... That's I don't know wild. What's happening with that. that is wild. I, I mean, I mean, I get. I mean, he's playing. Monte Nicholson's playing. He is playing. So, right now, he is. I mean, we still have Friday. Something can I mean, happen. He probably still is going to play unless an investigation's opened up. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's be, that's bizarre to me. It is. It's bizarre, but you know, I mean, I, I'm not really sure there's anything you could do at that point. Right. You know what I mean, unless you were going to open an investigation on the guy, you can't not play him. Right. So, I don't know what kind of mindset he would be in to play anyway. So, surprise, I'll take the field. So, we also have um, the Memphis superstar James Wiseman was suspended for 12 games and has to donate $11,500 to a charity. Um, That was resulting from what happened with him and Hardaway in 2017. So I'm not really. I think you know more of these details than uh, I was able to find out of what happened in. I never understood the so James Wiseman situation seem, because it just it seems very. Um, before he became a head coach, something went down. Maybe he. Well, Penny Hardaway. Yeah. 
coached James Wiseman in high school. In high school. And then he became the head coach for Memphis. He became the head coach for the University of Memphis. Right. So, so how does this James Wiseman followed... Well, okay. So he followed Penny Hardaway to Memphis. He wanted to right. keep getting coached by Penny Hardaway. Right. The problem is, is that Penny Hardaway helped James Wiseman move to um, accommodate his move to Memphis. So this is like... That's an NCAA violation. Okay. All right. Because he's receiving money directly influencing his decision to go to Memphis. To go to Memphis. So, I, I mean, we heard Dick Vitale tell the Morning Boys last week, he said, this is as clear-cut of a violation as you're going to get. I mean, he's are like, people this- that stupid? I mean, come But on. here's the thing. Like, I understand. I, I am kind of... And here's my, here's my problem. I do think that... The NCAA needs to treat these cases individually. It can't just be, all right, we have one set of rules. Everybody's got to follow by this set of rules. And if it falls under this threshold, we have to enforce it. I'm not really under, you know, I'm not really under that impression. You're getting into really complicated situations. You've got to kind of, I think you really do need to treat these situations by themselves. So I think in certain cases, like in the case with Chase Young at Ohio State, He's got he got suspended for four games because he received money to help fly his girlfriend out to the Rose Bowl. I think you can let that slide. He's already so. at Ohio State. And I mean, don't I they mean, have air miles? We talked about this last week. That's right. Week. They've Couldn't got they air miles. Yeah, right. Air miles and fly her out for heaven's sake. That's right. He's got, that way, no money changes hands. His Quicksilver cashback card or whatever it is. The exactly. Double miles with every exactly. purchase everywhere or something like that. I mean, that but, seems silly. No, but in that, but in the same breath, right, there also needs to be the people that are reprimanded for the same thing. They need to, um, like, this is a clear-cut violation. I am on the NCAA side here. It is a shame because James Wiseman is a phenomenal player. Is that going to affect his uh, first draft round no. for 2020? No, I don't think no. so. Okay. I don't think so because he is coming back. He's coming back this year to play. 12 you games know. is a lot. Yeah, but he's going to play the second half of the year. He's going. He's still going to play like 15 games. Yeah. And if Memphis makes the NCAA tournament, then he's going to play in the tournament as uh, as well. So uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see. But this was clear cut. Right. I mean, eleven thousand five hundred. How much stuff are you moving? Yeah. What are you moving? I don't know. I've been in the movie. Are you business. moving your house? I if, mean, it's just. If you're that's that's a big cross country move. You know. I mean, it's just a lot of money for a move. You know what I mean? So, like, I understand, and we could argue all day about the NCAA's rules and all that stuff with benefits and stuff like that. But do we realize how sticky those situations are because of boosters and because somebody could, there could be a guy who owns a car dealership that says, hey, listen, I'll put you on payroll and I'll give you some money up front if you go to this school. Right. That's illegal, but people do it. Right. So it's a really sticky situation how some of these NCAA violations work. I'm not an expert. I, I'm not. I just do my best to try to. Un- try to understand him as much as I can. I, I don't even know if I do. And then we have uh, our favorite diva, Antonio Brown, back in the news. He is now countersuing Brittany Taylor for defamation of character and interference with his NFL career. So Brittany Taylor is the woman that has accused him of, of rape and a bunch of other um, psychosexual situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now he's countersuing her. I mean, thank <laughs> you. 
For what? For the- defamation of character, which I think he pretty much handled on his own. I That's mean, what I mean. Is he's defamed himself. Defamation of and, character. And then for uh, interfering with his NFL career. That's... First of all, I didn't know that was a suable thing. Like, you can sue for that? I guess so. Uh, you know what, Monica? I'm going to sue you for screwing up my acting career. Yeah. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> now, give me all your money. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Wait, it's just... It's like he's sitting at home thinking of things to do. He's bored. Yeah. I, uh, like, I, I say that half-joking, but I really do believe this. I think Antonio Brown's bored. I think, Evan, tell me I'm crazy for this. Uh, Antonio Brown might be bored. I don't think he's bored. I think he's just crazy. I think he's trouble. I I don't know if he's. He's a drama seeker. He wants to be the center of attention. I think he's a guy. He's a narcissist. Sorry, Evan. Uh, (laughs) I I don't Listen, I don't know what to make of Antonio Brown. And you're suing your, listen, you're suing your accuser. And blaming when her. she has she, evidence she, on you, she has, she has right. plenty of evidence on you. Right. Plenty of evidence on you. There's more accusers out there who have plenty right. of evi- plenty of evidence on you. And suing you for ruining your football career, dude. You ruined your own football career. Absolutely. You did. You did it yourself. Listen. You did it. You yourself. didn't need any help. You did it yourself. That, that, I don't want to hear it. You did it yourself. Yeah. You did it yourself. I, I mean, really. This this yeah. this accusations with Brittany Taylor and as we know multiple other women. You did it yourself. I mean, yeah. really. And, and then if the Patriots resign him, whatever. Well, I think whatever. Bill, I think it's Bill, ridiculous. Bill Belichick kind of put the kibosh on that, or at least tried to. In his recent press conference, he said that he is not no desire to have Antonio Brown come on the field again. Well, he said what? He said well, let it go to Mr. Kraft. Yeah, and I don't think Mr. Kraft. He let hasn't responded to, to his public apology, right? Well, yeah, Brady and Edelman like like the apology. It's like, listen, I'm, yeah. listen. I, I, if the Patriots re-sign him back, whatever. But if the Patriots if the Patriots know what's good for them, just don't just don't leave 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 it alone. Just, I think they should just leave, just leave, leave it, alone. it alone. Really, yeah, just leave it alone. You know what the Patriots' motto is, though, Evan? Win at all costs. Mm. I, thought, I thought it was Win do it. Your, I thought it was do your job. Mm. Well, in Antonio Brown's case, he's. Uh, I don't know. I don't Doing know. his job. I think he, I think nobody should touch him. Just I him alone, agree. You, you, can't, know? you can't touch him. You can't touch him. Leave him alone. Let him go away. Because, again, I don't think this is the end of his legal battles and legal issues. And no, it isn't. And it's going to, whatever is going on in his head, it's not going to result in great football. No. No, it so. isn't. I, I'm out. Yeah. All right. That's the news. There you have it. Big J journalist Monica Ray. On a Friday, Junior. Here on a Thursday. Friday, Junior. <laughs> All right. Uh, coming up next, uh, I made some power rankings, early power rankings for, uh, for the NBA. What I've seen so far, it's a lot different than what we thought of at the beginning of the year. But I do think that the two top teams in the NBA are pretty clear cut. I'll tell you who they are next. Haystack, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, 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 the Haystack Show with Mike Guido. Our number two on the Haystack on a Thursday on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, 
WorldwideSportsRadio.com. Mike Guido, Evan Mazza, my producer, Monica Ray, Big J journalist. Good to have you in hour number two. Uh, here we go. Listen, uh, busy show today. Uh, NBA early power rankings. I got 10 teams. Uh, I think, again, it is a lot different than what we thought it would look like. It is gonna. It, I think this is this is going to be a trend throughout the uh, throughout the NBA year, and this is where I think we're getting to the point where it gets a little bit more exciting than in years past. We don't know, okay? In years past, it was Warriors. We knew it. It was going to be Cleveland, and then it was going to be Houston and, and, and teams like that. The, this, these power rankings are going to shift, and I think they're going to shift quite a bit. Uh, so here we go, Evan. Here we go. Top ten teams in the NBA. Uh-oh. Here we go. Team number ten. Uh, Miami. I think that at this point, right, th- they're winning more games than I think most people expected. The Miami Heat are actually a pretty good basketball team. Uh, Jimmy Butler is obviously Jimmy Butler. He's improved that roster incredibly. Bam Adebayo, I knew it out of college, was way more explosive than he was at Kentucky. He's playing fantastic. He's a good rim protector. He's a great rim runner. Uh, Really explosive inside player. Bam Adebayo gave him the flexibility to trade Hassan Whiteside. So right now, I'm, I'm actually looking at Miami. They're getting really good play out of players that they weren't expecting. Guys like Kendrick Nunn, guys like Duncan Robinson, players like that that are really actually playing well for them. Justice Winslow is finally coming into his own. Uh, I have a feeling they're going to move on from Goran Dragic. I think he's going to end up going uh, going elsewhere. He'll get traded somewhere. But Miami right now, one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference, they're number 10. Number 9. The Utah Jazz. Uh, they are separating themselves as one of the better teams in the West. Uh, I knew uh, This dynamic, I think, is working, and it's going to get better. Mike Connolly is kind of in an early season slump, but once he gets out of it, I think this is going to be a really great dynamic. Mike Connolly, Donovan Mitchell, uh, it's a really nice uh, backcourt that plays well defensively. They can score the ball incredibly well. They move the ball well. They're great on interior defense. Rudy Gobert's the best defensive big man in the entire NBA. Uh, and then, again, you're looking at the straggling shooters that they have on this roster. Boyan Bogdanovich, Joe Ingles. The, a lot of these guys that are going to step outside and make shots. Good size, guys like Royce O'Neal who can be physical. Utah is showing themselves to be an actual legitimate contending team in the Western Conference. This is a good team. Uh, so Utah right now is number nine. And number eight? Uh, Houston. A- and I had my questions about the Rockets. I did. Because, again, you're getting to the point where you're gambling on Russell Westbrook and James Harden working. You can make the case right now that James Harden's the MVP of the league. He's scoring like 39 points a game. Some ridiculous number like that. Okay? He is absolutely carrying this team on his back. The only worry I have with them is I don't love their depth and I don't love the dynamic with Russell Westbrook. The thing that we're seeing more often now, again, and they actually took a loss yesterday when Harden didn't have that great of a game, and Russell Westbrook had a normal scoring night for him. He was at about 20, uh, he was about like 25, 27 points last night, and they lost. So the only thing that I'm worried about is that Houston's going to need James Harden to carry the load. It's not going to be any different, okay? Russell Westbrook's going to need the ball at certain points, but one of the things that I do like is that 
They do move the ball well. I think it's better than what I expected. Uh, they defend the ball well in, uh, on the interior. They have two physical big men like Clint Capella and Tyson Chandler, who's been in the league forever. The, I don't love their depth. I don't love the dynamic between Harden and Westbrook. But if Harden keeps playing like this, the Rockets are going to be really good. So Houston's at number eight. And number seven. How surprising is this? The Toronto Raptors, the year after they win the title, they lose Kawhi Leonard, they lose Danny Green, and it looks like they haven't missed a step. Kyle Lowry's hurt, Serge Ibaka is hurt, and they're winning basketball games. Seriously, they're, they're winning basketball games with Pascal Siakam, and then their next best scorer is Fred Van Vliet. How is, how is that possible? I mean... I mean Look, I always knew that Toronto was going to be talented, but I didn't think that they were going to step in and actually be this competitive. I thought they were going to be sixth in the East, nothing crazy. Right now, they're uh, they're towards the top of the Eastern Conference, and they're playing well, and they're only going to get better when Kyle Lowry comes back. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to add to this roster towards the end of the year. Maybe, just maybe. Think about this, Evan. Possible trade could the Toronto Raptors entertain getting back DeMar DeRozan from the San Antonio Spurs I think it's possible possible I mean I, they never cut t- they never really like you know wasn't a bad it wasn't a bad ending they just they made no. the move they made the move because they wanted to go for a title with Kawhi Leonard they appreciate everything DeMar DeRozan did right. for the franchise right so it's definitely not out of there it's definitely not out of their own possibility if they want to do it I'm not going to say you, it's likely but I'll tell you what though interesting this team it's really it's talented. Again, Lowry, Pascal Siakam's having a heck of a year, but it goes to show the great job that Masai Ujiri did and Nick Nurse has done. They, yeah, they've, they've been they've done they've done a tremendous job those two. They have been fantastic. So Toronto's number seven. Number six. Philadelphia. Uh, the 76ers are very interesting to me because they're so big. Ben Simmons in his first career three last night, which is of and it was of course against the New York Knicks. But uh, let that be thrown to the wayside. Uh, Philadelphia is really good. They move the ball incredibly well. Defensively, they're fantastic. The only worry I have for them is I don't know if they're going to be able to shoot the ball well enough. They do not have a lot of shooters. Okay, J.J. Redick is gone. Jimmy Butler's gone. Tobias Harris is having a really off year. I know Josh Richardson can, can shoot. First of all, he's hurt. And then second of all, he gets a little bit streaky at points. So... Right now, I am a little bit worried. Joel Embiid is probably the most dominant scoring big man in the entire league. So, like I said, interior with Al Horford and Joel Embiid, it's a lot of size and a lot of defense that you've got to deal with. But that's also a lot of not open space. It's hard matchups, but not a lot of open space. And they don't really shoot the ball well. They're not incredibly deep. You know, Furkan Korkmaz is actually giving them some pretty good minutes. But other than that, they got to go to guys like James Ennis and Mike Scott, uh, the rookie they drafted, who I really like but needs more time, and Matisse Thibault. They've got to go with guys like that. I'm not – look, they're really good. But right now I can't put them any higher than six because I I think they do have their issues. Don't know if they're going to be able to shoot the ball well enough, but this is a good team. They can move the ball well, play great defense. That'll take them uh, deeper into the playoffs. All right, breaking into the top five. Who's your number five? The L.A. Clippers. Uh, look, I- I'm I'm a lot lower on the Clippers than most people because a lot of people are buying into the upside. I have to see the upside first. I watched last night against Boston, 
and there was a lot of awkwardness. There was a lot of non-chemistry. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George just don't have the chemistry yet. That's fine. They're Individually, they're both phenomenal players, but we're seeing this now, too. They, they're struggling without Kawhi Leonard in the lineup. They've only won one game without Kawhi. I, I'm really kind of iffy on the Clippers right now. I know defensively they're going to be stellar, but I also believe that this team might not be as deep as we all thought. Patrick Beverly is a great defensive point guard. He only scores five or six points a game. Landry Shamit's hurt. Lou Williams is going to do have to, uh, is going to have to give you twenty five a game. He can do that, but he's going to have to do it. You have Montrez Harrell, who's a great bench player. But other than that, I'm not sure if Ika Zubats is exactly who you thought he was going to be. And you're going to have to give some serious minutes to guys like Rodney Magruder and Jermichael Green. I don't know if you feel comfortable with that. So I I feel like this is going to be very Kawhi Paul George driven. And in order for that to be successful, they've got to feel the chemistry. It's a little early. I think that they could build that up, but it's a little early for me to put them any higher than five. All right. Number four. Denver. The Denver Nuggets, I think, are maybe as deep of a team in the NBA. They are incredibly deep. Uh, Nikola Jokic, I think, uh, is revolutionizing the game. I think point centers are going to become a thing. Uh, And again, that starting lineup, I think they have a very underrated backcourt with Jamal Murray and Gary Harris, who are playing great basketball right now. Uh, They're finally getting Michael Porter back into the fold. I think late in the year, he's going to play an absolutely massive role. Um, Paul Millsap, veteran leadership. Tons of guys on the bench. Monte Morris, Malik Beasley, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Mason Plumlee, the Jeremy Grant they brought in from, from Oklahoma City. The, the Nuggets have a lot of pieces, and this is going to be a good basketball team for a while. A lot of guys that they can go to. Any guy that's in their rotation can put up 20 on any given night. Great defensively. This is the team, I think, probably with the best ball movement in the entire league. Denver is legit. Give me the Denver Nuggets at four. All right, top three. Who's your number three? Yeah, as you can tell, once you get from like four on, there are four teams in the NBA that I really, really like. Number three is Milwaukee. Now, the Bucks are at a point now where they're still kind of relying on Giannis. But at the same time, you can see the depth and you can see the chemistry here. They are loaded with shooters. Chris Middleton's a great shooter. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo's a light-out shooter. Uh, George Hill, Kyle Korver, Ursan Ilyasova. You know, they have legitimate guys that just to surround Giannis, who actually struggles as a shooter, probably the most physically dominating player in basketball right now. But this is a legitimate team. Again, both Lopez's, Brooke Lopez, Robin Lopez as bigs. I think that fits incredibly well with what they're doing. Eric Bledsoe, an uber-athletic point guard. Wesley Matthews, another shooter. They're looking at this team thinking, all right, well, we got Giannis and we got all these shooters. This is exactly how we're trying to build in the NBA. They have the prototype. And again, Mike Budenholzer is an extremely good NBA head coach. Milwaukee right now, second-best team in the East. They're number three. Number two. The Boston Celtics. I'm telling you, look... Boston, to me, looks like a different team than they did last year. Last year, really disappointing. Kyrie Irving, different sort of deal with him. Uh, a lot of mood swings. The locker room wasn't really t- wasn't really right. And we all questioned Brad Stevens. Can he coach stars? 
I think we're finding out now that Brad Stevens just fine. He's not. He, well, he isn't really the problem. We're seeing the genius come out. Kemba Walker is giving you Kyrie Irving-like production, but without the noise. And again, everybody is flowing better. Gordon Hayward's playing better. Jason Tatum's playing better. Jalen Brown is playing better. You have depth. Marcus Smart. Uh, guys like Ennis Cantor. Daniel Tice. You know, you drafted a bunch of rookies. Grant Williams. Robert Williams. They're playing a role for you. Semi Ojale. This is a good, well-rounded team with a lot of guys that can play multiple positions. You've got a lot of versatility on this roster, and you have guys that can create shots. That's really the big thing. Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward, they can create their own shot, put up 25 points on any given night. And again, they don't have to rely on one particular guy. That means a lot in today's NBA. Right now, Boston, best team in the East. They are number two. All right. Do we have a drum roll, Evan, for Mike Guido's number one NBA team? Number one NBA team. Right now, I think it's clear cut, and I don't think it's really close. The L.A. Lakers are the best team in the NBA. Uh, As much as I've been impressed by Boston and Milwaukee and Denver (laughs) and teams like that, the Lakers are just playing better. Okay? They have a veteran roster, a lot of guys that know their way around this league. LeBron James is having an absolutely stellar MVP year. Anthony Davis and LeBron James fit together seamlessly. I think Anthony Davis is probably the best player that LeBron's ever played with. Maybe Dwayne Wade has something to say about that, but right now Anthony Davis fits with him incredibly well. They're shooting the ball well. Danny Green, Avery Bradley, Uh, Guys like Alex Caruso, who are giving them legitimate minutes. Kyle Kuzma is getting back into the swing of things. They protect the rim incredibly well with JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. This is a legitimate Laker team. Right now, I think they're the favorite for the NBA Finals. I think they're the best team in the Western Conference, and I don't really think it's close. Uh, Give me the LA Lakers. They are absolutely phenomenal. They're number one. So just to recap for you, Miami Heat at 10. Utah Jazz at 9, Rockets at 8, Toronto Raptors at 7, the Philadelphia 76ers at 6, number 5, the Clippers, Nuggets at 4, the Milwaukee Bucks at 3, the Boston Celtics at 2, and then the LA Lakers right now, I think, are the number 1 team in the NBA early on in the season. You think I'm I'm missing any, Evan? Do you think I... I disrespected anybody, or I'd like you think to I say switched you were the order? The Knicks, but no, you can't, you can't say the Knicks. The Knicks would be thirty out of thirty teams. I know. <laughs> Ten. I don't know what's happening with them. Yeah, they they're below the Canton Charge. Although, if you would have asked them, they they obviously they feel like they should be. They think they should fire David Fisdale because that's Fisdale. the reason why they're fire losing. Fire Fisdale. We should be. It's competing. just hard to watch. You we know, they're up and they're down, then they're done. We should be. You know? they feel like they should be the best team in the NBA. Apparently, I mean, that's uh, right. Yeah, they absolutely listen, should. But be. that's that's <laughs> the thing. That's the thing. The Knicks have R.J. Barrett. You could you have a guy who you can build around. I think R.J. Barrett is a legit superstar in this right. league, and for them. That should be your focus, but if they're going to keep saying, hey, we should be competing, what's your direction? What's your real plan? But did I miss anybody? Did you miss anybody? Did you miss anybody? No, I think I think you – I think you, ooh, Dallas. Where was Dallas? Dallas was not in it. Ooh, Dallas is good. You like Dallas? Dallas That's was – team. Dallas they're was good. borderline. Indiana was borderline. borderline. Uh, Somebody's got to Those were cut. really the only two that I was really thinking of. 
I don't think Brooklyn's there yet. Neither is Portland. Brooklyn's not there yet. I think Brooklyn will will eventually get there. And again, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for Brooklyn to get there this year. Brooklyn again, has no, too much talent. There's no well. It's going to be tough for them to truly get there this year because there's no Durant. Uh, and again, we might not be getting the full Kevin Durant until year three off this Achilles injury. The Golden State Warriors didn't make it. Well, they are. They, they, the, they, did you see they, the score a big name. of the Mavericks Warriors game yesterday? Did you see that? It yeah, was like one forty-two to ninety-four. They got blown. Yeah. The Warriors are a different type of bad this year. Seriously, they might be the worst team in the NBA. The final score of that game was one forty-two to ninety-four. I got it right. So one forty-two to ninety-four. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Luca, do you want to know what Luca's number? Thirty-five, were? ten, and eleven. Yep. Is Luca making? I, I look at box scores all night. What do you expect? Is Luca making a? Yeah. Well, we know that. It's we a know, sickness. We, we know that. <laughs> it, it is a sickness. My fiance hates me for it. We know that. Uh, Luca, MVP. In the conversation, I know. Oh, LeBron, he's de- Oh, yeah. Well, I know, he's Lebr- I know Lebron is obviously. He's definitely one. in the conversation. I would say Luca, James Harden, and Lebron. Right now LeBron, are the three leaders for MVP. Yeah. I, I mean, this this kid. I'd probably edge LeBron. I'd probably go LeBron, Luca, and then James. I mean, we talk about, you know. We talk Even though about, James is, James is having a surreal year. He's ha- he is. And we're, ta- I mean, we're talking about, you know, Jokic changing the game. I think Luca is also changing the game, too. Luka Doncic is just an incredible I don't think he's changing the game. I think he's fitting into the game better than what everybody expected. Like, Luka is – Luka Doncic is way better than we thought a 20-year-old kid could be. I think Luka Doncic right now is already maybe a top 7-8 player in the entire NBA. In he se- is in his second he year, is phenomenal. In his second year, he's averaging almost 30 points a game. He's already a superstar. It's crazy. He's already a superstar. I've never seen a 20-year-old that skilled. That, in- that includes LeBron. I have never seen – a 20-year-old guy that skilled before. Insane. All right. Um, coming up next, we got a busy show today. Uh, Thursday night football is tomorrow night. Um, I'm going to tell you the importance of this game. It's Thursday. Did I say tomorrow night? You did. That's okay. okay. No, kept, I'm sorry. It's he, tonight. He kept saying yesterday was Tuesday. I said yesterday was Tuesday. Now you're messed up. Now I, I think today is Wednesday. It's it. terrible. <laughs> Thursday night football is tonight. Uh, Colts, Texans. I'm going to tell you exactly how important this game is for both teams. That's coming up next. The Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to The Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Good to have you back. Haystack, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Mike, Evan, Monica here on a Thursday. It's good to have you in. Uh, So tonight... Thursday night football, the, the Colts go to Houston to play the Texans. Uh, I don't think I have to tell you how big of a game this is for that division. The Colts won the first matchup in Indianapolis, but this, uh, this feels a little different to me. I think whoever wins this game wins the division. When you get this late in the year, standings gaps feel wider and wider. I think the Texans win at home. Houston would be a game up on the division, and Indianapolis plays three of the last five games on the road. I think this would be a massive win. If Houston wins this game, they win the division. If Indianapolis wins this game, I think the momentum carries them towards the end of the year. Um, this feels like a must win, for the, uh, especially for the Colts. So even though the urgency may lie with the Colts, this is a team that's very ground and pound. Marlon Mack is out, so I don't think they'll be able to control the clock. 
Indy is a young secondary, and the Texans have great wide receivers. The, the Texans can take control of this game early and not look back. I, that's the way that I view this. Fast, good wide receivers with good hands against really young corners. Quincy Wilson, Rocky Sin, Pierre Desir, a lot of young corners that are going uh, to have to go against these uh, veteran, fast uh, wide receivers for, uh, for, the, uh, for the Texans. So, uh, again, we're looking at this. Keep this in mind also. Late in the year is where we see the MVPs of the league take control. So Deshaun Watson is having an MVP season, and it's only going to get better late. This is where we kind of separate the MVPs to the non-MVPs. So that's why I said to not hit the panic button on Houston after they got blown out by Baltimore. Okay, they took a bad loss. They're going back home. It's a division game. Houston's going to be fine. Again, their offensive line has played a lot better. We're looking at this defense. They have no J.J. Watt, but they're still getting after the quarterback. And again, they run the football well. Deshaun Watson and those wide receivers are working. Don't hit the panic button on Houston. Okay, Deshaun Watson is going to be his best when it matters most. This is when it matters most. So short week, division game, at home. This is where Watson thrives. This all started at Clemson. We knew this about Deshaun Watson from the beginning. The kid's a gamer. So week 12 now against Indianapolis at home, must-win game. I like the Texans tonight at home, and whoever wins tonight I think wins the division. All right. Wow. Let's go to the news. That's a bold prediction. I don't think so. I do. Whoever wins tonight wins the division. That's Why? Evan, is that bold? I think so. I don't bold. think it's that uh, bold. I mean, I, I, I think I would agree, though. Actually. I mean, you're not wearing an untucked shirt, but that's a bold statement. Well, actually, I'm allowed to be sassy today, too, because I'm actually a big fan of Lululemon as well. Oh. This is a Lululemon quarter wow. zip. I know. I'm schnazzy. Yeah, look at you. I know. I look hot today. I mean, um, that's why you're all fired up. Yeah, it's right. All right, Monica Ray, Big J journalist here on a Thursday all right, with so the news. We have some breaking news in baseball. Yasmani Grandal has signed a four-year, $73 million contract with the Chicago White Sox. So that's a, that's a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Right? Well, here's the thing. I'm, a, I'm actually really surprised by this because I knew the White Sox would be aggressive in free agency, but I didn't think they needed a catcher because I know they yeah. dumped Wellington Castillo. That wasn't really my concern. But James McCann, excuse me, James McCann actually played really good for them over the course of the year. I mean, the guy was an all-star, so I didn't really think they needed to spend big money on a catcher. But on top of James McCann, they also had, uh, um, sorry, excuse me, they also had Zach Collins. You know, Zach Collins, their young up-and-coming catcher that reminds a lot of people of Brian McCann. So I'm actually really surprised that they went out and did this. But, I, I mean, all, all in all, I mean, if you get a catcher like that, a switch-hitting catcher who had a great year with Milwaukee last year, I actually thought Milwaukee was going to try and bring him back. Um, but this is a good move by Chicago. I don't hate this. I, this is, I think, a real legit – they have a legitimate backstop now, a young pitching staff. I think it's a good move. I like it. Yasmani Grandal to the White Sox, that's good. What do you think, Ed? And, and you got a guy like Grandal who can play catcher in first base. You got Jace McCann, and you brought back Jose Abreu. So now, and with the American League and the advantage that it has in the DH, you can do 
mechanic catcher. Jose Abreu plays first base. Grandal DH. Abreu yeah. DH. Grandal first base. Mechanic catcher. Grandal catcher. Well, that's always a thing, too. You can never have too many catchers. It's like... You know well, also how, how they say in baseball you can't have too many you can't have too much pitching. Well, it's also the advantage of playing in the American League with the DH. That's also that advantage. Well, yeah, I mean you can never have too much pitching, but you can also have you can also never have too much catching. You know what I mean? Like you could always have extra catchers. Right. You could always have extra uh, uh, extra catchers. They, they they are good behind the plate now, and you're right. It does give them some versatility with first base. Um, allows them to utilize the DH as kind of like a day off position. I like it. I like it. It's a good move. All right. It's a lot. It's a lot of money. It's actually the highest paid contract the White Sox have ever given, which is pretty crazy to think because the White Sox have been around for a long, man, time. a long, long time. Uh, but Grandel was really highly touted analytically. He was great last year. Um, leads all catches home runs since 2015. The contract is big for him, but for the White Sox, I like it. For the White Sox, for the versatility it brings, and for the offense that it could bring in that ballpark, I like it. And the White Sox, you know, they really should go for it next season. They really should. They really should. So Tom Brady in a press conference yesterday said that he has not liked the Dallas Cowboys since he came out of the womb. So the Patriots are He grew up a 49ers fan. Yeah. Did he actually? I actually didn't know that. He grew up a 49ers fan. He grew up in uh, San Francisco or near San Francisco. He did, yeah. He grew up as a 49ers fan. Um, This is crazy to me. So it goes on to say that Brady, who's had his 20-year career, has only faced the Cowboys four times. Right. Yeah, because they've only played. They play yeah, once well, every you know. That's strange. Yeah, isn't that amazing? They play once every four years, Patriots and Cowboys. So he said, uh, you know, a long-standing dislike for the Cowboys, and uh, I guess he's getting riled up to uh, hopefully lose Again, this weekend. This is my this is my deal. Okay, first of all, historically, the Cowboys have always played well against the Patriots. Yeah, they have in the Brady era. The Cowboys have always given the Patriots a hard time. This is the thing now. I think this is Dak Prescott's first game against the Patriots, right? Or is Six, it, he was well, he played in 16, 17, 18, 19. No, did he play them in 2016? He might have played them 16, in 16. 16, 17, 18, 19. Maybe his rookie year, yeah. Did so uh, could I'll, you find that I'll for t- me? I will, was, du- I will was, double check. Yeah, what was Dak's game like uh, the first time they played New England? Uh, again, I could be wrong. I don't know if they played I don't know if they played the Patriots that year. I could be wrong, but let me double check for we'll you. We'll see. We'll see if they did. Yeah. But um, here's my deal with this. New England, like I said, not as talented as they are as they have been in years past. We're seeing true digression out of Brady. And this is the most talented roster that the Patriots have seen all year. The Cowboys are going to be the most talented team that they've played all year. I think as far as roster is concerned, I think the Cowboys have a better overall roster than Baltimore, but Baltimore plays better football. So we'll see. But here's my thing. I think that Belichick is going to struggle with Dak. I think one of the keys to this game is Stephon Gilmore is really good against bigger wide receivers, but Stephon Gilmore's lateral quickness is not fantastic, and Amari Cooper is one of the is one of the best, if not the best, route runner in the entire league. So I think that there's a possibility that Amari Cooper forces Stephon Gilmore to struggle. Mm. I really do believe that. It's gonna be a good game. I'm looking forward. So to yeah, it. that's a uh, sorry. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Monica. That's oh, a okay. it's a negative on that. The Cowboys did not play the Patriots in Dax rookie year. So this will so, be Dax's first yeah. game against okay. Belichick. Dax's first game against Belichick. Again, I, I, 
I don't think I'm crazy, Evan. I really do think the Cowboys have a chance to go into Foxborough and win this weekend. I do. Uh, this is not the same Patriots team. And I get everybody, well, well, Patriots haven't lost a home game since 2017 or whatever the hell. I'm like, I don't care. Right. I see something different with the Patriots this year. Right. I do. And again, when you face a roster that's this talented, I think that's troubling. I really do. I, I don't think that they're going to vouch well uh, against Dallas. They're going to they have to accommodate for a lot of stars. Again, the only reason that the Cowboys would lose this game is coaching. Are they going to get out coached? Right. And that's definitely a possibility. It's happened before. It happens. It happens a lot of the time against not. Bill Belichick, coaches that are not as great as Bill Belichick. We're so we'll send see. Positive vibes to the Cowboys for this weekend. We're gonna do like a rain dance or something like yeah, that. Absolutely. Hoy-ya, 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 hoy-ya. And then speaking speaking of the Patriots, um, rookie Chase Winovich, uh, who signed a four-year, three-point-eight million-dollar contract. That's his rookie deal. Yeah, That's right. That's his rookie deal. He went out and bought his mom a brand new car. Cool. A 2019 Mazda MX-5. And Mazda MX-5. Yeah. How sweet is that? And he said he wanted to thank his mom for everything that she's done for him to help him. Now, you're a mother. If you so had if a son in the NFL. So if my kids are listening, yes, and I would like a 1969 Camaro. So just saying, you know. Oh, wow. It's a Miata. It's a cute car. A Mazda so. MX-5 Miata. Wow. It's cute. He, he, it is really nice. It's a white one, and he put a big uh, red ribbon on it for his mom. That's and, great. Uh, what cool. a nice story. What a good son. It's a white one? It's a white one. Yeah. Huh. In the, uh, you can oh, see it on, go. Yeah, there it is. You can see it on TMZsports.com. Uh, Picture of him and his mom. And, uh, I just that is thought, a cute little car. I thought that was a sweet story. Mazda Miatas are kind of girly, though. Well. They're kind of girly sports cars. Mom. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a girly sports car. I would agree. You'd want a 69 Camaro? I would. What color 69 Camaro? Either blue or black. Yeah. So a 69 Camaro. There you go. Oh, uh, yeah. Probably an SS. A Camaro SS. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That's what I would like because because we could tear it up on the roads here on Long Island <laughs> while we sit in traffic. But, yeah, you'd be uh, rumbling like a thunderstorm, though. Yeah. Brum, 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 Hopefully people would get out of the way. But, uh, so I have a Guinness oh, Book yay. food. Woo! All right. So the world's largest cupcake. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. So I love cupcakes. The world's largest cupcake was made in Georgetown in uh, Virginia on two- November 2nd, 2011 at uh, DC Cupcakes, and it was actually televised on one of the TLC Cupcake shows. Wow. Was it? So the cupcake was 56 inches in diameter and 36 inches tall. How much did it weigh, Mike? <laughs> oh, boy. 10,000 pounds. Is that uh, your for real guess? No, that's not my for real <laughs> guess. So did, okay, you, get, did you give me the diameter? Okay, it was 56 inches in diameter. 56 inches, so that's almost 5 feet. 56 inches and 36 inches tall. So 3 feet high. Yeah. That's a big cupcake. I'm going to say it was 20 pounds. No. Evan? A 1,000. 
No, it can't be a thousand no, pounds. I'm gonna. All right, can I change my guess? You can. Ninety pounds. Nope. hundred pounds. Two hundred pounds. Ten thousand pounds. Fifteen thousand pounds. Two thousand pounds. It was two thousand five hundred and ninety. Oh, I was pounds. I was close a little yeah. bit. I was a little close on so the one thousand part. That's crazy to me. How could a cupcake that size be two thousand pounds? They didn't say pounds? what they put in it, but maybe there was rocks. Something. I mean, like, geez. I don't know inside there. Yeah. Must be a lot of. Uh, no picture with it, which was sad in this. Uh, in this there's little no picture. Up, but Maybe I'll get the uh, Guinness Book 2020 for Christmas, and I'll have all the pictures. We'll see. Oh, Let I think I, see. I have a picture I of see it. it. I'm oh. looking at it right I now. I see it. Oh, yep. I see it now. Yep. Wow. Well, what are those, M&Ms or sprinkles on top? That's a lot of frosting. Looks like <laughs> sprinkles. <laughs> that is a lot of frosting. That's a lot of frosting. <laughs> a lot of frosting. <laughs> I now, might take <laughs> do you eat just the top, or do you eat the stump? Oh, I, <laughs> did, I eat the whole thing. Of course yeah. I do. Yeah, you gotta eat the whole thing. The whole thing's done. When, when it comes to when it comes to cupcakes, I I don't, I don't care. I eat it all. All but right. The, the frosting's my favorite part though, because it's the it's frosting. good, right? That's the news. Big J journalist Monica Ray here on a Thursday. By the way, we also have a report here. Uh, the Chicago White Sox, after signing Yasmani Grandal, will now also pursue Zach Wheeler. Wow. Oh. So, okay. Now, okay, I, I like Wheeler. I think he's a good fourth guy in the rotation, three, four guy in the rotation. I'm curious. Now, the White Sox obviously are clear that they want to spend money in free agency. I'm curious what they'll give Wheeler. If they give him Corbin money, I think that's a little – that's definitely overpaid. But, yeah, I, that's just – that's the market for Wheeler. You know? We'll see. We'll see. All right, coming up next, the Clippers won last night. But I'm going to tell you why you should be discouraged by what you saw. That's coming up next. The Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, 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 the Haystack Show with Mike Guido. Here we go, hour number three. It's the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, WorldWideSportsRadio.com. Mike Guido, Evan Mazza, my producer, Big J journalist Monica Ray here on a Thursday. Friday, Junior. Friday, Junior. How are you? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm very good. Uh, absolutely loaded today. Had and power you look rankings smashing. before. I'm just adorable. You are. I'm totes adorbs. <laughs> We're not matching today, today though. No. You're much more fancy than me. I didn't know if I was doing another award show, so, so I you, to bring you out wore the, the blazer and yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You look good though. I like that. Thank it's you. very nice. Uh, I like how you go with the blazer and then like the sparkly shirt underneath. Yeah. Right. It's like pizzazz. Business. Yeah. Party in the front. Business in the rear. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard that. I'm not going to repeat it. <laughs> It's like size is the only thing that matters, yeah. right? Oops. Oops. Wow. Ooh. God. Wow. That was <laughs> Yikes. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, I do want to begin uh, hour number three with this. There's an epidemic in America today. It's called divorce. More than 50% of marriages end up failing, and for a variety of reasons. Money, someone gets abusive, family disputes, whatever it is. Uh, but one reason why some couples and marriages split is because time of is because of time spent apart. The husband travels a lot for work. Mom is stuck at home with the kids. 
Dad always works late. Lack of intimacy starts to set in. Time apart is cancer to a lot of marriages. We saw two superstar players get married this offseason, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And we all expected them to absolutely take over the league. Oh, these guys are just unbelievable. The two best two-way players in basketball, multiple championships. It's just going to be great. We got our first taste of it last night in Los Angeles against the best team in the Eastern Conference, the Boston Celtics. The game went, it, uh, went into overtime, and the Clippers snuck out a win 107-104. to 104. Let me just say this. The Clippers are very fortunate this morning. The story for most people is very different than mine. Most people are saying, uh, came back and won the game. Paul George was excellent. Late game heroics by Kawhi. Resilient Clippers beat the East leading Celtics in the first game with Kawhi and Paul together. It's just phenomenal. The Clippers are all in. They're fantastic. I look at this very differently. The chemistry is not there. We are almost a quarter of the way through the year, and the chemistry with the Clippers isn't there. And I'm scared that it won't be. Here's the way I viewed last night. Kawhi struggled, only shot 7 of 20. A lot of awkward ball movement, and the Clippers getting lucky on a horrendous shooting night from Boston. Kemba Walker, 4 of 17. Jalen Brown, 3 of 14. Marcus Smart, 7 of 20. Also the Celtics with no Gordon Hayward. I'm under the impression that the Clippers were very fortunate yesterday. The, Clip- uh, the Celtics are not always going to shoot that bad. The Clippers got lucky. So this is one of the problems that the Clippers will run into later in the year. And this is here. This is really my big issue. They've already missed Paul George for a month. Now they have Kawhi taking games off and not playing back-to-backs. Don't you think the Clippers are really behind schedule? They're looking across town at the Lakers, and LeBron and Anthony Davis are rolling right now. Best team in the NBA, and the fit is just seamless. between. It looks like they've been playing together forever. But Paul George and Kawhi look very new. Why? Because they are new. Look, I get that load management worked for Kawhi last year, but take advantage of the beginning of the season to work out all the kinks. You've got to be able to play. Kawhi by himself is excellent. Paul George by himself is excellent. Them together isn't excellent yet. You don't want to have these struggles late in the year. What happens if Kawhi is missing shots late in the year or Paul can't get on the same page with him. You don't think that's going to come up in a heated moment? Well, maybe if he didn't sit out, maybe we'd be playing better. Seriously. The Clippers finished sixth in the Western Conference. They're down 2-1 to or 3-1 to in a series. You don't think the attitude in the locker room is going to be, well, maybe we would have gotten a higher seed. Maybe we wouldn't be in this position if Kawhi didn't sit out 25 games. The Clippers were viewed as the more stable organization in Los Angeles. Don't create unnecessary dysfunction. Kawhi Leonard has to play right now. Get the chemistry right with Paul George. 
They're losing games without Kawhi. They've only won one game without him. They've only won one game without Kawhi. Okay, but we went into this year thinking, oh, the Lakers are going to have trouble. They are the dysfunctional team in Los Angeles, the Clippers. They got it all together. They, they've got it, right? Michael Winger and Steve Ballmer and Doc Rivers and Kawhi and Paul George and Lou Williams and all oh my the, – look, they hired Tyron Lou. They, loaded, loaded, loaded. And they're the team, I think, that's going to have the dysfunction in the building. Okay, the Lakers, right? The whole Magic Johnson thing, Rob Palinka, you know, the Bus family, uh, Frank Vogel, he's never going to be respected by LeBron, all of this stuff. So here's my issue with this. So if I'm the Clippers, I do whatever I can to make the marriage work. Don't make Paul George and Kawhi Leonard spend too much time apart. It'll kill the marriage. And the organization is going to suffer down the road if they don't get on the same page. Because you're watching them last night. Awkward ball movement. Who's getting the ball? It isn't really seamless yet. There's a lot of kinks they got to work out. And I'm not telling you they won't. But you'd rather get on this early. You've got to be at least a little bit concerned about where the Clippers are right now as far as their stars. I don't think they're as deep as we all thought. I don't think that they're... As good as the Lakers. The Lakers are playing well when their stars play bad. When they're when the Clippers stars play bad, they lose by 20. So I'm just telling you right now, they're not always going to get as fortunate as they did last night. Boston isn't going to shoot the ball like that often. Neither are the Lakers the, or Denver or Philadelphia or any of those teams that they're going to be competing with late. Okay, they got to get this right. The Clippers have to iron this out before it gets late in the year, okay? You're going to miss Kawhi Leonard load management games. That's one thing, okay? Paul George already missed the first month of the season. You don't want to miss any more time with Kawhi and Paul George playing together. They have to play together, see what they do well, learn how to play together, and then that's when they'll reach their peak. None of this on-again, off-again stuff. Marriages, relationships, Never work that way, and they always result in divorce. You do not want to have that with these two players. The Clippers don't want that in their organization. All right. I've always said this. I want to shift to this. Coaching matters in the NFL. You have to be good situationally. Your play calling has to be deceptive. Your guys have to play for you. you got to be able to make uh, adjustments. That's good coaching. Coaches also need to have gears. In the fourth quarter, down by four, you have to kick into another gear. Okay, all great coaches do. Late game drives by Belichick feel like Bill Belichick. Late game drives by Andy Reid feel like Andy Reid. Sean Payton, John Harbaugh, same deal with those guys. The Cowboys go into Foxborough this weekend to play New England. And I've, got, I've had my questions about the Patriots all year. They feast on bad teams. Tom Brady is digressing. They don't score a ton of points. I think it's possible that the Cowboys win this weekend in Foxborough. This is the most talented roster New England has faced all year. There's a lot of stars that need to be accounted for with Dallas. Okay, Dak, Zeke, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, Jalen Smith, Leighton Vander Esch, Byron Jones, and that's scratching the surface with this roster. But here's where this gets funky. I think the Cowboys, as an organization have the opportunity to come to a realization this weekend. 
There's no question that Bill Belichick is a better coach than Jason Garrett. It, they shouldn't be mentioned in the same breath. But Jerry Jones has a chance to watch firsthand how lopsided of a coaching matchup this is. Dallas with a far superior roster, a better offensive line, a better quarterback this year, better weapons, better running back, better front seven, have no excuse to lose to the Patriots this weekend, except for Jason Garrett. The only way the Cowboys lose on Sunday is if they get out coached. That won't sit well with Jerry Jones. Mm-mm. Bill Belichick is an all-time coach. My opinion, the best coach of all time. But the Cowboys have had Hall of Fame coaches in the past. Tom Landry, Jimmy Johnson, Barry Switzer, Bill Parcells. Now they have Jason Garrett. If the Cowboys lose, it's going to make Jerry miss the times when he had a Hall of Fame coach. He's going to miss that nostalgia. The Cowboys losing this game exposes Jason Garrett as the problem. New England is not impressing anybody this year. They're not. They're not, they're not impressing me. They're, look, blown out by Baltimore, ugly win against Buffalo, barely squeaking by Philadelphia, who, by the way, the Cowboys blew out a couple of weeks ago, and then beating all of the worst teams in the NFL. The Jets twice, Miami, Cleveland, the Giants, Washington, etc. They played all those teams. Imagine being Jerry Jones. You own the Cowboys, and they're 6-4 and four heading into New England. Imagine that you're Jerry Jones. You have a losing record against teams over 500. You discover Dak isn't your problem. You, he's having an MVP historical season. You have one of the most talented rosters in the NFL. You keep hearing again and again from sports media and executives around the league that Jason Garrett is your problem and coaching is holding you back. You've had Hall of Fame coach after Hall of Fame coach in your tenure. Guys like Lincoln Riley, who's young and smart and touted as the next great coach, has been tied to your head coaching job for years. What are you thinking if the Cowboys lose this weekend? If you're Jerry Jones, what is going through your mind? You're thinking Jason Garrett has to go. That's what you're thinking. Okay, Jerry is not wrong when he says that Jason Garrett would be highly sought after in the coaching market if he was fired. He's not wrong. He would be. He absolutely would be. He's got a good record. Cowboys hung on to him for a while. He's won playoff games. But the fact is that he isn't the fit for the Cowboys right now. He's the common denominator. You've experimented with everything else. The Cowboys are great on draft day. They've hit on coordinators. They've signed good free agents to fill holes. Jason Garrett is the only weak link. And that could be exposed this weekend if the Cowboys lose. If the Cowboys lose this weekend, there is a clear discrepancy that will jump out at Jerry Jones. There's an opportunity for everybody to see just how much of a co- excuse me, how much of a coaching discrepancy this is. Okay? Belichick versus Garrett. It's not even close. And that's the only viable reason the Cowboys should lose this weekend. It's the biggest disadvantage Dallas has. I mean, the offensively, yeah, the offensively right now they are better. 
right now in terms of talent wise they're better you know i'll still i'll still say brady over dak but yeah dak's having a tremendous season and defensively while the patriots are great defensively they're really good other than one blemish against the patriots the cowboys are the ones that have the bigger stars they have sean, sean lee may not be a star now but he's still a really good player leighton vanderash jalen smith demarcus lawrence uh michael bennett robert quinn um uh, uh the corner corner come on come on stefan gilmore Ste- well no i'm talking the cowboys byron jones byron jones thank you that's a, but that's a good one though. The Patriots really their only defensive star, star is Stephon is Gilmore. They have High Tower, good player. Kyle Vanoy, really good player. You know, uh, it's a it's it's a full of it's a Chase Vinovich, good player. But it's there's only like one star in that defense. It's a defense that's built on guys again with Belichick doing your job and getting things done and getting the big turnover, the big play at the exact moment. Talent-wise, the Cowboys have the advantage going into this game, and I do think they have a shot to go to New England. And the Patriots haven't played at home in three weeks. I think that plays a factor. They return home for the Patriots, but the, the Cowboys have a chance to really go to New England and prove that, that they're a legit, really good football team. Hey, they've lost to the Saints, they've lost to the Packers, they've lost they lost a tough one in Minnesota, and we both agree that the Minnesota loss was all on coaching, was all on Jason Garrett. They have an opportunity to go on New England and pull off a big upset. Uh, against a, I still believe, a really good Patriots team. And if they do that, that's a legit win and a big win for the Cowboys and a big win for Jason Garrett. If they don't win, it's going to be because Bill Belichick outcoached, the, outcoached Jason Garrett. That's how they're going to win. That's the biggest advantage New England has going, in, uh, going into this game. Other than that, right. on paper, the Cowboys, on paper, you look at it uh, with the talent. Blow away New England. Well, they, I'm not going to say blow away, but they should definitely win the game. They're going to win. They but think, they definitely but should think win about the game. this. Think about this. Running back, Cowboys. Wider, sure. Group of wide receivers, Cowboys. Offensive line, Cowboys. This year, quarterback, Cowboys. Front seven, Cowboys. Best team, Cowboys. Well, I'll give secondary to New England. Secondary goes to New England. But coaches overwhelmingly New England. Coach, oh no, easy. Overwhelmingly it's New easy. England. It's easy. We, we know that. It, it's easy. It's I mean, that's comparing... The best coach in the NFL. So that's number one versus number thirty. I, I mean, it it's it's bad. It is very bad. Definitely. All right. Uh, coming up next, we do this every single Thursday. We play buy or sell at the end of the show. All right. We'll do that next. The Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the Haystack Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Good to have you back. Haystack Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Mike, Evan, Monica here on a Thursday. Uh, Thursday night football is tonight. Evan, what do we have? We have the Indianapolis Colts taking on the Houston Texans. I believe the Houston Texans are the favorites. It's It's in Houston. I believe the Texans are the favorites coming into this game. Might be by three, I think. Yeah, three I see half. three and a half. Yeah, yeah. three and a half. All right, so Texans favored by three and a half. I am going to take Houston. Uh, like I said, I think that those are a lot of young corners in Indianapolis that are going to have to face some really tough Texans wide receivers. Uh, no Marlon Mack for the Colts, so I think they're going to have trouble running the football. That's what they do. Colts are very ground and pound. Um, you know, utilize that offensive line to their advantage. Uh, so I am going to take Houston. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I do think that Houston's going to take this game. I will say Houston, twenty-four to seventeen over Indianapolis. Yeah, that's a tough one for me to pick. The Indianapolis Colts own the Texans. They own them. They have played tremendously well against them. 
Um, won the first matchup in India. Won the first matchup. They won the last two matchups. They won the two matchups last year. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They didn't win. They split last year. This is a tough – they swept them in 2017. This is a tough one for me. The, the Colts are – the Colts are on the road. The Texans are coming off a horrible loss of the Ravens. Oh, man, I'm. Last week I took the road. I took the Steelers. I, I got that wrong. But I'm going to go with the Colts today. I actually will. Wow. Go, I will go with the Indianapolis Colts. I uh, think they they that's just a bad have, move, Evan. They just have maybe it is. They just have the Houston Texans. I don't like number. to hear that. They just have the Houston Texans number. It looks like, and from what I've seen, and I think they'll. The Texans had a lot of trouble against the Raven pass rush. That really isn't great, but they got sacked seven times against them. The Colts have a better pass with Sheard and Houston. The, the Colts have a good a good enough offense, even though Marlon Mack isn't playing. I do expect Watson to bounce back big time, and I think I think I don't know if Will Fuller is going to be playing today. I'm sure he is. I think that's one of the reasons why they uh, left him out of the Raven game. They wanted to save him for this game. I'll say Colts in a close one, 24-21. It will be close. I'll, I'll take Indy here on the road. Indy just Indy just. The Colts have a way of, of, of playing really well against the Houston Texans. They really do. They had a big win last week against Jacksonville. They have, they have a way of playing well against the AFC South. They always do. I'll take the Colts here. This will be a good game to watch, but I'll take the Colts. Yeah. Something tells me Monica from Texas is going to take Houston. Absolutely. That's right. So you mess uh, with the bull, you get the horns. <laughs> so do you like the Texans? I know you're a Cowboy fan, but do you like the Texans too? I do, yeah. If there were is no there a, Dallas You're Cowboys. from Texas. Is there like a... Is there a rivalry, kind of um, like a crosstown rivalry between the Texans and I Dallas? Mean, I mean, it's not, they're like yeah. 7,000 miles away, but. You know what it made me think about today? I was thinking about, because um, I had a story that I was going to talk about with the Rams and the Chargers, L.A., we have Giants, we have the, the Jets and the, and the Giants. And the the Mets and the Yankees. It, you know, like, why do some areas have two teams? How did that ever happen? Like, why does L.A. have two teams? Why does New huge York market, have? huge market. market? That's the number one yeah. and two. Those are number one and number two markets in different, the United States. Different. Also, yeah. you get one in the National League, one in the American League, one in the. You get Eastern two West LA West basketball conference. teams. You get two LA one of the AFC, baseball one of the teams. You get two LA football teams. Now you got two New York baseball teams, two New York football teams, two New York basketball teams. Yeah. It's just the way that it works. Yeah. Although Knicks Nets, Knicks Nets are both in the Eastern Conference, Eastern Conference, and the and the. Lakers, Clippers are both in the Western Conference. Really? I had no idea. Oh, my God. The well, no, are, I was no, The Knicks was, and Nets are both in the Eastern no, Conference? I was, oh, my God. I, was, I thought one of them would be in the West. Uh, that's funny. Oh, I my mean, God. We have two wow. teams for everything, right? No, because I, th- I was saying the Mets and Yankees have – they have we have we a lot of these markets have one team in each league or conference. Yeah, one New in the, has, the American League, Western Eastern Conference, all that stuff. AFC, NFC, Giants, Jets are in the AFC, NFC, you know. Right? New York has two teams for everything. Yeah. Pretty yeah, they do. That's crazy. And I like to throw – Actually, I'll tell you what, though. Uh, they have three football teams. The Bills. Buffalo is New York oh, too. Right. I like I to throw. I that. throw in the Bills too. And they're the it best seems so far away. Buffalo's the best out of all three. They so are. yeah. All right. Uh, let's go to the news uh, because right. uh, Monica and I are both on Houston. Evan is on the Colts tonight. Yeah. Uh, so Monica, Big J journalist, on a Thursday with the news. Here we go. So it looks like uh, Mason Rudolph and Miles Garrett. That's. Still an ongoing situation. That is still going on. So Mason Rudolph came out on Wednesday, had a statement at practice saying that he didn't say anything to spur the attack that uh, he was party to on yeah. Thursday night. And now, uh, just breaking news, Miles Garrett said that uh, he slurred a racial slur to him, Mason Rudolph. And now that's being investigated by the NFL and appeals, so... 
Who knows how that's going right, to end. But, so, I mean, really, that's what we're doing, name-calling? Come on. So here we go. So here's here's my thing. If Mason Rudolph did call him a racial slur, that's really unfortunate. It really is because there's uh, there's no place for that in the world. There isn't. No. Okay. I don't think it justifies hitting him in the hell, uh, hitting him in the head with a helmet. Right. But it is disrespectful. Right. Without without question, there's no place for that. Right. If Miles Garrett is lying to try to save his ass in the appeals process, what are we doing here? What are we doing? You're, I don't you're know. pushing a narrative of a lie that you it's, should. I mean, it's just. Do you remember what? Why uh, does this always take place? It mem- is always this. Do you remember on Tuesday when I told you that um, Al Sharpton threw his two cents in? So I wonder if Al Sharpton somehow involved in this breaking news that a, a racial slur was was spirit. You I don't know, know why Al Sharpton would care about this? Uh, because he likes to stir up trouble and he likes to stir up racial trouble. Yeah, he does, but... You know? I don't know. Here, uh, like I said, have we noticed this now? Like, what, if, if Miles Garrett is lying about this... It's ridiculous. How bad... Right. Of a, like, how bad of a problem is that? Oh, I, I, um, I was acting out of... Uh, he, he called me a racial slur. Well... I don't even Did he? honestly know. I mean, and I, nobody's gonna be. That, that's the problem is nobody's gonna be able to prove it true or false, right? Because there's no microphone down there. Nobody's gonna know what the actual truth is, right? So, and maybe he heard something that somebody else said. Who knows? Or maybe he thought he heard something. I don't well, know. like what? You know how loud gonna, it is on the field when the players are on the field. Oh no, that I get. But what what I'm saying is like, since we're never gonna know. Some people are going to start calling Mason Rudolph a racist because right. Miles Garrett accused him of this, and he might not have done. He might not have done anything. Right. Like I, I really do. And, and as terrible as it sounds, I really do hope that Miles Garrett's telling the truth. I really do. I think if because that can be reprimanded, right. but if he's lying, that is that's gross to me. Accusing somebody of being racist like that or saying something racist. Especially in today's world, is absolutely despicable to me. Right. It's despicable to me. If you're lying about it, horrible. Yeah. Horrible. There's really no need for that. I don't. I don't understand it. But um, so the Rams are playing the Ravens Monday night, and it's a big game for the Ravens. Eric Whittle, who played the last three seasons for the Ravens, says he isn't going to share any secrets of their plays or their coaching or anything. He said that I'm not that kind of guy. I have to say I have some respect for that. I think So Eric Weddle is not going Why not? to Eric Weddle's not going to give the Rams any You, you know what? You never hints. know. Everybody's traded all the time. I you, think when you work with somebody, Eric, you keep their secrets in the first vault. First of all, I don't think he's First of all, I think that's I think Eric Weddle That's is, a load. I think Weddle is bluffing. I'm calling what so? I like I love Weddle, but I'm calling his bluff right there. That's wow. a bluff. That's yeah, a bluff. That's, that's a load. That's wow. a bluff. There's, so you think he's given up everything? He played, already. Yeah, of course he is. He's playing. He played with the Ravens last year. He he saw. Now Lamar Jackson is a different quarterback this year than he is the last year. That is that is true. Having said that, he's definitely going to go into. He's definitely going to tell the Rams what what the Ravens have done, what they're doing right now with Jackson, what they're doing right now with this offense. He's going into the film room, telling them what what they can do to stop him. Eric Weddle, Eric Weddle also practiced against Lamar Jackson too last year. That is true too. So. Yeah, I'm, I love I love Weddle. I'm calling his bluff there. 
right. I'm calling his bluff. Yeah, he's full of it. So he's Evan, full Evan of it. calls shenanigans. He's yeah, hey, <laughs> and he's right to call shenanigans. That's absolutely shenanigans. Right. I mean, why would he say it? That's weird. I'm not going to give up any secrets. Yeah, right. Maybe you're yeah, yeah, right. Everyone, everyone does. I, I mean, every every former hey, player. Hey, Eric, what are they doing on this play? I'm not telling you. What? <laughs> give me a break. Hey, hey, you know, they'd be like, Eric. We really need to win this game. I mean, we're we're six and we're six and four. We really need to yeah. win this game. <laughs> Anything could help them out at that point. You know, we're 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 in a really really tight NFC here. That's you know, we might not yeah, make the playoffs. Yeah, we're, uh, we're in third place in the division. We're in the division. <laughs> we no, can use some wins third here. Third place in the division. We're behind the two wild card teams. What are they? What's what, Minnesota and um, Seattle? Seattle. Those are the two wild card teams. Oh yeah, one of them is our division rivals. You really need to win this game here. <laughs> Yeah. So anything you can help us with Lamar Jackson, well, the Ravens offense. Yeah, and seriously, Ingram, come on, cut the crap. Ingram and he Mark, said he's tight Mark Ingram and Mark Ingram and Mark Andrews and Willie Sneed, some of those guys you played with last year. You can help us out here. Orlando Brown, Ronnie Stanley, Marshall yeah. Yonda. <laughs> and the Yankees uh, just released Jacoby Ellsbury. And they yeah. have seven slots to Every fill. Every Yankee fan is yeah. uh, jumping for joy. So. Jacoby Ellsbury is gone. So that happened. Goodbye. <laughs> One of the worst contracts in Major League history was Jacoby Ellsbury. Where do you think he's going to land? I don't even know. Is he going to play anymore? <laughs> <laughs> he's out. Nope, he's done. <laughs> So who knows? I guess that goes. I guess that goes away. A buy or sell that I had for you. Now, hey, oh. hey, listen. Sorry, Evan. Now, now here's the thing. I, I had a buy or sell on that actually. Yeah. Here's, the, now. here's the thing that Yankee fans need to understand. Oh, finally, we got rid of Jacoby Ellsbury. Yeah, you're it, 28 mil. Yeah, you're still paying him his 21 million dollars this year. Million. You've just basically said, listen, we need the roster spot, so go away. And then, last but not least, we have in L.A., they're going to be building, or they've started to build, a $5 billion stadium that will be shared by both of the L.A. teams there. Do you think that that's going to be enough to keep the fans going to the games? This, this I think billion, a new stadium helps. Yes, I do. They're going to have uh, 298 retail spaces, a theater, a concert venue, and uh, a media center well first of all i don't understand why the chargers and the rams don't share the coliseum but i guess i don't know i don't know why they don't share the la coliseum but at the same time like i think a stadium does help them yeah absolutely absolutely because look it part of the reason fans go to games is they want the experience right the big crowds brand new stadiums Brand new vendors, all of that stuff. People get excited about that. Right. So, yeah. But I, not I, to buy, you know, $15 Heinekens. Yeah, but people do it anyway. They do. That's why they do that. <laughs> they get people all lubricated for $12 a beer. Yeah. If you're lucky, $12 a beer. Yeah, right. That's on discount night. Yeah. yeah exactly. That's on $12 beer night. <laughs> all right. That's the news. All right. Big J journalist Monica Ray here on a Thursday. She's throwing away her notes. I went to duck. I was like, <laughs> "There's one coming for you. <laughs> you got me." <laughs> I, used to, hey, I used to be. Hey, I used to be a catcher when I played baseball. Oh! oh, oh. Wow, you were a ter- <laughs> you were a terrible catcher. I had about five opportunities. Did I drop that? Yes, you dropped that too. <laughs> Gosh, I had about five opportunities to catch the one Monica threw me. I was like, <laughs> "You did." <laughs> 
Don't I play. Said, don't I play wide receiver. For, well, actually, the Patriots could probably use you. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm available. Hey, oh, listen, and by I the way, listen, I, will, another, I will go to the Patriots and play is, if I know I'm going to get a Super Bowl ring. This is another note about the Patriot-Cowboy game. This is part of the reason why I think the Cowboys can win this weekend. Patriots have no Mohamed Sanu. He's inactive for this game? He is inactive. He's not playing. They, so, they've, they've already ruled him out? They ruled him out. So, hmm, interesting. one less weapon for Tom Brady... Well, you. my picture. I am already telling in. you. I yeah, I know you. And you know, already I already in. picked Dallas. Yep. Well, I'm see- okay. I'm seeing here. Okay, he could miss a couple of weeks. Okay, that's what I'm seeing. Say, so could miss a couple of weeks. Expected to miss with the Cowboys. Although, actually, I'm looking at it right now. I say return to practice today. Return to practice today. Return to practice today. I got a notification today that he is out. He's out. He's out. You okay. were duly notified. He is out against the Cowboys. <laughs> All right. All right, uh, Big let's loss. Big loss for the Patriots. Let's do this. We do this every Thursday. It's called Buy or Sell. Evan, here we go. All right, so Buy or Sell. I was going to use it. I was going to use it during the thing, but uh, you already <laughs> mentioned it. But we'll do it anyway. Kobe Ellsbury, Buy or Sell. He'll sign with another team this offseason. No, I don't think he signs with another team this offseason. I think sell, he sell, could sell. sign next offseason. Because I think, I, I, if I'm not mistaken... If Jacoby Ellsbury signs with another team, the Yankees are not responsible for paying him the rest of his $21 million. I think if he signs with another wow. team, they're not responsible for paying him anymore. So they hope he signs with another I don't team. think, yeah, I don't think he signs with another team this offseason. I think the following offseason, he might, yes. So, no, I sell that. Take the time off. Buy or sell this Saturday. Big, big game in college football. Ohio State versus Penn State. Ohio State is out of the top four playoff rankings if Penn, if they lose to Penn State on Saturday. So Penn State. So wait, say that again. Ohio State is out of the top four if, in if they the, lose. If they lose to Penn State. Where's the game being played? I think it's in Ohio. I think it's in Penn State. Oh. No, I think it's at Ohio State. I think, I think it's in Columbus. You no, know I think you're right. I think it is. I think it's in Columbus. All right, well, first of all, I don't think Penn State does beat Ohio State. But, yes, I buy that. I think Ohio State would fall out of the playoff if they lose to Penn State. Bye, bye, bye! Listen, now that doesn't mean that they'd be out of the playoff forever. I think that they'd still have a chance at the playoff. But this would be a massive loss for Ohio State if they lost uh, lost to Penn State. At least for the time being, they'd fall out of the playoff, yes. So, next one. Buy or sell. Deshaun Watson was was sacked seven times against the Ravens on Sunday. The Colts will sack Watson more than four times tonight. That's a double one. Um, I am going to sell that. I don't think they I don't think they get to four. I think they could get to two or three. But I'll be honest with you, that Texans offensive line has been very good lately. Laramie Tunsil has made a ton of a difference at left tackle. Uh, they started, they're now starting the two rookies they drafted in the first two rounds of the draft. So they're, uh, they're starting Titus Howard at right tackle, and they're starting Max Sharping at left guard. It is making all the difference in the world. Um, this offensive line is actually not that bad anymore. So, no, I do not think the Colts get to four sacks today. Winners of two in a row. The New York Jets have a chance to upset the Raiders at MetLife Stadium this Sunday. Buy or sell? The Ra- Wait, the Jets have the opportunity to upset the Raiders? Raiders? On Sunday, have a chance to upset the Raiders Sunday at MetLife Stadium. Buy or sell? Uh, 
I'll buy that. I think that they buy, have buy, a buy. chance. I don't think that they will, but I think they'll have a shot. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by the Raiders. Sam Darnold's coming off a good week. Uh, the Raiders' defense is not polished. They still have a lot of young, undeveloped guys. Uh, so, no, I do not think it's a foregone conclusion that the Raiders win. But uh, So the Jets, yes, they could. I'll buy that, but I don't think that they do, no. Bengals have a chance to get their first win against the Pittsburgh Steelers this Sunday. Buy or sell? Sell. They're not beating the Steelers. Sell, sell, sell. They're not beating the Steelers. I picked Cincinnati. I'm serious. Uh I don't think the Bengals win a game all year. I just don't. I don't think the Bengals are going to win a game all year long. All right. Seriously, I think the only chance, the only chance Cincinnati has at winning a game this year, so they get their home against Pittsburgh, home against the Jets, I think they lose both of those games at Cleveland, home against New England, at Miami, and then they get home against Cleveland. They could win in Week 17 against Cleveland. That's really it. If they're lucky, they might beat the Jets at home, but that's it. See, the Jet one, of course, scares me, considering the Jets were also lost to Miami this year. They gained the first team to lose Miami this year. That one's What a me. story. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. No no Jeff fan would, ever, would be able to escape that. You lost. You were the first loss to the Dolphins at Bengals this year. They would not escape that at all. And that wouldn't that be something if second time in three years a team, a team did not win a game? Wouldn't that be something for the second time in three years that would happen? Yep. By ourselves, the Baltimore Ravens is the AFC's number one seed in the playoffs. So you said, okay, so... The Ravens will be the number one seed in the AFC. By ourselves. I think you already said yes to that. Mike. No, I sell that. No, I think I think the Ravens are the best team in the NFL. I don't think they're going to be the number one seed. Okay. Uh, I I still think it'll probably be New England because uh, New England's schedule is just so birthday cake. It just is. It is so easy. Cupcake with sprinkles. Oh my God! It is so easy. So no, I don't think the Ravens get a uh, get the number one seed. I think they get a first round bye. But I think, yeah, the Patriots will get the number one seed in the AFC, which is crazy to me because their schedule is so easy. The White Sox as AL Central contenders in 2020, buy or sell? Um, well, they spent $73 million. No, I Uh-oh. sell that. I don't sell, think that sell, they're sell. there yet. I still think the Twins have this division. Uh, I think the Indians are getting worse, but I don't know if they're worse than the White Sox yet. The White Sox have to wait for some of their young guys to come up. I think this year is when you're going to start seeing more of their younger rookies come up. Some of their top 100 prospects come up and start playing. Uh, If they get Michael Kopech back from injury, if Lucas Giolito comes back and remains to be their ace, uh, depending on how they sign players in the offseason. So, no, I'm selling that. I don't think they're going to compete for the AL Central. But I think the following year, they're fair game. Buy or sell. So Josh Gordon's debut with Seattle, he caught two catches for 27 yards. This week, they play the Philadelphia Eagles, a team with a not with a weak secondary. So this Sunday, buy or sell, Josh Gordon will have his big breakout game with the Seahawks this Sunday. Uh, I'm going to buy that. I actually buy think that, that that happens. I think Josh Gordon and Russell Wilson now have a, have a game under their belt. There's some comfort there. Uh, and it's against the Philadelphia secondary that isn't good. They do not defend the pass well. I do think Seattle goes on the road and gets a win out of Philadelphia uh, in Philadelphia. 
I, yeah, I think this is a pretty, this is a good opportunity for Josh Gordon to have a breakout game uh, in Seattle. So, yes, I do buy that. All right, give me two more and then we'll go. Two more? Okay, by ourselves. Ezekiel Elliott. He hasn't gone over 100 yards the last two weeks. So Zeke Elliott will hit the 100-yard marker against the New England Patriots by herself. Um, that's a good one. That is a good one. I really like this question because I don't know. Uh, I am going to say... No, I'm going to sell that. I think Dak is going to be the one. If they do win this game, Dak is going to be the one that wins this game for them. Um, uh, Patriots right now with the 10th ranked rushing defense. Uh, I, I think it's. I think they're going to try and take him out of the game, force Dak to beat them uh, with that secondary. No, I do not think Zeke gets over 100 yards. Here's another big game on Sunday. Sunday Night Football, Packers 49ers. That is a real That big might be the game, game of the week. Might Packers be the game 49ers. Of the week. That is that's a great football game. Fire sell. Matt LaFleur is more important to this game than Kyle Shanahan is in terms of a victory for his football team. Oh, that's a good one. Holy crow. Somebody ate his Wheaties this morning. <laughs> Actually, I, had, I did not have Wheaties. I had a uh, Special K. Special K cereal. Delicious. That was not an ad. Just now. <laughs> <laughs> special K. It's delicious. Um, I will say no. Sell. Sell, sell, sell. I think Kyle Shanahan is going to be more important to this game. I think the 49ers rely more on coaching than the Packers do. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers can win games by being Aaron Rodgers. Plus, I think defensively, the Packers find ways to win games. So I, I'm going to say sell. I think Kyle Shanahan is more important to the Niners right now. All right. There we go. All right. That's buy or sell. Every single Thursday at the end of the show, we play buy or sell. It is Evan's bye, bye, bye. favorite segment. Sell, sell, sell. Yep. It's a lot of fun. Yes. He gets to play, he gets to play with sound effects. He's, he's a very happy guy. Very. All right. Uh, that does it for us. Monica Ray, our Big J journalist, of course. Thank you. Evan Mazza, my producer. I'm Mike Guido. This is the Haystack and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll see you. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.